0: Welcome to another episode of The Gospelpreneur, where we explore Bible secrets to prospering in wealth, health, relationships, and faith. Your host, Brother Andre, digs deeply into biblical science and practical applications while encouraging growth in all areas of our lives. So if you're ready to grow, let's enjoy this journey to biblical abundance. Here's Brother Andre.
1: Before we start, let's just have a word of prayer and ask God's spirit to be with us and be our teacher and our guide. And I just want to make sure that the online is broadcasting as well. Give me a second here. Two, three, one, two, three, four. And again, welcome, everybody. You could have been doing something completely different. A lot of distractions. In this present world, but you have chosen, as Jesus would say to Mary, you've chosen the the better thing, right? You've chosen the best. The best thing is His Word. So, very appreciative of you being here. Let's see. All right, all right. Technology is working. Let's go. Let's have a word of prayer, and God, ask God's Holy Spirit to be with us. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you and praise you for your grace and mercy want to thank you, Father, for not giving us what we deserve, but giving us what your dear son does. As we're about to open the Bible, as we're about to open your word, we come. We want to come humbly before you, Father, asking that you guide our thoughts and feelings, that they reflect your own, that you will be our teacher, that you will be our friend and our guide. Lord, we just want to be closer to you. We don't just want head knowledge, Father. We want to know your heart. So we pray all these things in the name of Jesus, and we claim the merits of his holy and most precious blood. Amen. And amen. All right. Just want to do a sound check again. Can everyone hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. And you can see my screen. Perfect. Let's go. Thank you for that. So we're in our Bibles. We're going to do a quick review. A quick review. And... The review is over Daniel 1, and feel free to uh, raise your hand, yell it out. I don't mind. Our series is called Daniel Made Simple or Daniel's Prophecies Made Simple, and and we're just going verse by verse, line by line, and unlocking it. So there are some new folks here, and so I want to say welcome to you, and then there's some folks that have been here from last week. Thank you for coming back. Here's the review. Question number one, question number one, what, what three things did the king change in order to guide the Hebrews when they were led captive? What three things did he change? Anybody? name. He changed their name. Right. And we talk about changing name because name has to do with character, and character has to do with spirituality, right? So his attempt was on the spiritual level by changing their names. And we looked at their names and the meaning of their names. Uh before they were when they were Hebrew names. When they were Hebrew names, they represented the, the, the personality and character of God. When they changed their names to the Babylonian names, huh? it was an honor. Hold on, let me see. Getting a little bit of extra noise. You okay. can't. It, it was an. It was an honor of the Babylonian gods. Okay, what was the other two? So we they changed the name. What were the other two things?
0: Education. Food.
1: Say it again, sister.
0: Education.
1: Education, right? So it changed their education. What they were learning right, to learn the ways of the Babylonian. They were in school there. They were learning the mathematics and the different things there, uh, the history and the philosophy that was in Babylon. They learned those things. Uh, So education, which is their mental, and then someone else, I think Brother Dwayne said it, their physical, which is their food, right? So mentally, they were educated, uh, physically they were given different food and spiritually they changed their name to get them to think of another god so it's a 3 prong attempt of re-education okay so all right very good another question another question for you how does one now this is if, if you were listening last week you would you would get this how does one gain favor according to proverbs chapter three verses one through four How does one gain favor according to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 4? Anybody? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. How does one gain favor?
0: Go
1: ahead. I, I won't bite you. I promise. proverbs chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 says write the law on the heart and bind them about thy neck so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of god and man that's how you gain favor and if you look at the 10 commandments the 10 commandments the first four are honor to god the last six are honor and respect to man right so we have this this idea this idea that in when When Daniel gained favor with the persons that were in charge, he gained favor not because of any magic tricks, but because he was honoring and living in a way that would inculcate or would bring favor to him. And God honored that. We saw in Luke chapter 2 verse 52 that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So Jesus, Daniel, whomever else gained favor follow the same principle. So, there's no magic in the experience of Daniel. What's happening in the experience of Daniel is available to each one of us. Okay. Last question for the review. Last question for the review. When we look at Daniel, what did God do to honor Daniel as after Daniel and his Hebrew brothers honor god what did god do or demonstrate to show that he gave them favor what did he do this is an easy one what what did god do
2: andre yeah daniel one daniel one verses 20
1: what does it say my friend That's, that's the answer
2: in all matters of wisdom and understanding that the king acquired of them, he found them to be ten times better than all the magicians, astrologers that were in his realm.
1: All right. So that's what I we know. We have popular uh, phraseology or saying now 10x, right? There's this popular movement in the business world called 10x. Everybody want to do 10x? Well, God, God coined that first, right? Ten times wiser. Uh, and it's interesting that God did this after the 10 day test right <laughs> there's a 10 day test and god says let me let me exponentially bless you because you've honored me in the midst of this great this great crisis and i like to think about that because sometimes our crisis if we look at our crisis only it will overwhelm us not understanding that god has our back right like you can be faithful if you hold on and you're faithful In the midst of your trial and tribulation, know that God has you. Think about Job. Think about how Job lost everything. I mean everything. You're talking about his children, his cattle, all his business, all his money. His wife is talking crazy to him. His friends think they are theologians, but they're not really knocking it down. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes down to the end, Job is blessed abundantly above more. Than what he had before, right? God is into overdoing his blessings, friends. But you just gotta remain faithful in the midst of that, that struggle, in the midst of that pain, in the in the midst of that, of that fight. And then if you do that, my friends, I promise, uh, if you, Jesus says, if you are faithful with my name before men, I will be faithful before you, before my father with your name, right? He's not just gonna leave you hanging, he's going to honor you, he's gonna bless you. And I'm, and I'm grateful that God is willing to do that for us. So that's it for our review. We can go. It was a two-hour study last week for Daniel chapter one. Uh, I don't plan to do two hours. I never plan to, but hey, if it happens, it happens, okay? <laughs> All right, very good. So let's go a little bit further. Uh, I'm excited for tonight's study. Again, it's going to be simple and it's going to be thorough by God's grace. So we're in Daniel chapter two. Daniel chapter two. Open your Bibles to Daniel chapter two. And we're just going to go verse by verse, line by line. Daniel chapter two, starting at verse one. And the reason why we're doing it this way, uh, because we need to be grounded in the scripture, right? There's so many tricks and theologians and ideas and philosophies and we just want to go line by line by God's grace unpacking what the scripture has has for us so in Daniel chapter 2 verse 1 and I promise you I'm going to tell you this right now I don't care if you study Daniel 2 before I promise you that in, when you study this this chapter with me over the next two weeks this is going to be this week and next week that we're in Daniel 2 I promise you you will learn something that you did not know before That is a promise. And you will see it in a way that you have not seen it before. Because what you you ever uh, drove on a road and you're driving and then one day, one day your car breaks down so you can't drive anymore. I mean, this happened in real life to me. So I can't drive anymore. So I have to walk that same road. Do you realize that when you walk the road, you see more things than you saw when you were driving? Like You start noticing details you ain't never seen before. And that's what we want to do with these verses. You know, we're used to seeing them in an evangelistic series, and we run through the story and we kind of miss some things sometimes. But when you take your time and and you look at the scriptures and you kind of just let the scriptures talk and let the spirit of God speak, you start gleaning things that you did not think or did not even imagine were there. And that's what we're going to do this evening. We're going to go from verse one to verse 30, that is what I call prophet story, a prophet story. Any story in the Bible uh in, in a prophetic that has a prophetic application, I call them prophet story. So Daniel 1 was a prophet story. <laughs> okay, Daniel 2 there's a prophet story and then from 31 to 45, that is actual the prophecy and we're going to get into that next week. And again, I promise you when you come next week to learn, you will see something that you never saw before. I promise. Okay? So For now, let's start in Daniel chapter 2, verse 1, and I would like to pray once more. I know we already prayed, but let's pray once more as we begin to dig into God's word. Father in heaven, thank you, thank you, thank you for keeping the hedge of protection around us today and getting us to this moment. We beg of the gift of your Holy Spirit now as we are about to open the word and to dig into it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're in Daniel chapter two, and we're beginning at verse number one. And my friends, and also, if you have any questions, feel free to throw the question in the, there's like a, there's a section in this area. Hold on, let me see if I can see it. There's a section here. You can throw the question in the chat. I may not answer right away because chats move kind of fast sometimes when, when I'm talking. But you can throw the question in the chat, or if you think of a question during the week, if you're in our study group, throw the question in the study in the study group, and I'll be happy to try to answer the question, okay? Uh, either way it goes. Daniel 2, verse 1. It says, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. Okay, so my question that I uh, first thought of was, and I want you to take note of it, Daniel 2 begins with Nebuchadnezzar sleeping and the Bible says that he dreamed dreams. Now, I just want you to keep that little note in mind. It didn't say he dreamed a dream. It says that he dreamed dreams. You ever, you ever dreamt something and then in your dream you dreamt again, but you didn't think you were dreaming, then you were dreaming. And then I don't know if you ever had that happen to you, but it happened to me. Like, I'll tell you a true story. I have many dreams that happened in my life, uh, pretty powerful ones. But true story, I, I went to sleep one time. This is kind of a funny story. I went to sleep one time and I wanted GI Joes. I don't know if you guys know what G.I. Joe's are, but I was a kid. I wanted G.I. Joe's. And I went to sleep. And I was, it was like the dream was so real. And I had G.I. Joe's everywhere. I was so excited about this dream. But I didn't know it was a dream. And when I woke up, I was so sad. I could not, <laughs> I could not believe it was a dream. But then when I thought I had woken up, it was still a dream. I don't know if that happened to you. I dreamt. I thought I woke up, but I was still dreaming. Here, the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams. Now, the subject matter could have been the same. I remember another dream I had. I had a dream that I fell into a spider web. And, okay, I don't want you guys psychologically breaking me down. But anyway, point being, I had this dream repetitively, over and over over again the bible says he dreamed dreams question who else in scripture had a similar experience now i hinted at it here in genesis chapter 41 but who else dreamed dreams who else go ahead and tell me who else dreamed dreams pharaoh who pharaoh pharaoh that's right so let's go to genesis chapter 41 so we know that pharaoh dreamed dreams now What I do when I study the Bible, I look for patterns, okay? I look for patterns. I look for things that repeat. I look for how God moves and how he works. So in Genesis chapter 41, the Bible says, uh, here it comes. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kind and fat flesh, and they fed in the meadow. So he dreams about kind. And then it says, going on, and behold, seven other kind came up after them out of the river, ill-favored and lean flesh, and stood by the other kind upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored and lean-flesh kind did eat up the seven well-favored and fat kind, so Pharaoh awoke. That's interesting. Then it says in verse 5 and he slept and dreamed the second time, and behold, seven ears of corn came up, up upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So you see here, Pharaoh is dreaming dreams, but the dream. It's, it's a different dream, but it's the same dream. It's just a different imagery. Now, I'm gonna, you're going to learn something about dreams here tonight that you may not have known, but you're going to learn something about them and how God communicates with us. So we know that Pharaoh dreamed dreams. And in Pharaoh's dream, we know that Pharaoh's dream was designed as an instruction for them to protect against the famine that was coming. Notice the pagan king has a dream, but he cannot interpret the dream. Okay, he has a dream, but he cannot interpret a dream. So, God needs interpreters, but there's something different about Pharaoh's dreams versus Nebuchadnezzar's. Go back to Daniel chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar dreams a dream, he can't interpret the dream, so he calls in these men, these persons, right. And these persons that he calls in are the astrologers, the soothsayers, the Chaldeans. These are the wise men of the earth. These are the people that are supposed to be intelligent to be able to tell what is going to be transpiring uh, or the the signs of the times or how economy is going to go or how the people are thinking. Like those were the men that he brought in. And only Daniel and, and, and God's people are the ones that are going to be able to interpret. Now, before I go any further. I do want us to look at Jeremiah chapter 27, 21, and 22, okay? And what I'm doing here is I'm just setting setting the table what will be the interpretation of the dream in the future. But for now, I want you to see something. Jeremiah 27, we're looking at verses 21 and 22. 21 and 22. Uh, Jeremiah 27, 21, and twenty. 20- Two, and i have a volunteer to read that for us please jeremiah 27 21 and
0: 22 hey. no go ahead i'd like to read
1: yes please go ahead
0: uh, yeah that saith the lord of hosts the god of israel concerning the vessels that remain in the house of the lord in the house of the king of judah and of jerusalem they shall be carried to babylon and they shall be and they shall and there shall they be until the day that i visit them says the lord and i will bring up and restore them to place to this place
1: all right so here is jeremiah the prophet and this is before the time right before captivity is going on god has given a prophecy Saying that they're going to be taken in captivity. And there's also a prophecy of restoration. Okay? Go to Isaiah 39, verse 7. And all we're doing, we're setting a foundation. Isaiah 39, in verse 7. Go ahead, someone read that for us. In Isaiah 39, in verse 7. And mind you, this is hundreds of years before the people of God are taken into captivity. Or a hundred some years. Go ahead. Go ahead, Deborah. Thank you.
0: Okay. Um, <clears throat> chapter 39 of Isaiah. Yes, ma'am. Verse seven. And they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon.
1: The, okay, again, Isaiah is prophesying, telling Israel hey, this is about to come upon you, okay? So this idea of prophecy, this idea of telling what's going to happen beforehand is designed as a warning, as a a, a warning, as as an instruction for the people who are paying attention to the instructions of God, okay? So what I want to do now, you can see the rest of the verses on the screen. Go ahead and take a look at them at your own leisure. These are all talking about God's people and Babylon and then it's talking about Babylon or Babel being the original name of Babylon and the word Babel has to do with gateway to the gods or Babel means confusion Babel means confusion either one okay let's go to our next section here so here's the next question now I want you to really lock this in because most people don't know this we kind of just casually run through things and we miss some things. But I'm gonna share a verse with you. I want you to go to Job, Job chapter 33. Job chapter 33. Now look carefully. Again, this might be one of the points you did not know. So Job chapter 33, verses 14 to 18. And when you have it, Somebody go ahead and volunteer and read that for us in Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 18.
0: What does it say? It says, For God speaketh once, yea, twice, (laughs) yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men and slumberings upon the bed, then one then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instructions that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man he keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from the perishings by the sword
1: mercy did I saw that mm. so here god speaks through dreams now, this doesn't count if you're eating late at night, okay? So you eat something late at night and you start having crazy dreams. I mean, I don't count those, you know what I mean? <laughs> like don't don't count those. But if you're, you know you're doing the right thing as far as your food's concerned, you're going to bed at a regular time and you have a dream, don't just dismiss that. Don't just dismiss that. Again, you got to be careful what you're putting in too, because if you're putting too many crazy things in, you're gonna dream about that. But if you're seeking God and you're seeking his instruction, I'm telling you that Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, uh, Pharaoh, all these other people that had dreams where God was instructing and guiding—it's not like God stopped doing that. What is the purpose of dreams? For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In other words, man doesn't get it. In a dream and a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men in slumberings upon the bed, then he openeth their ears. Now, why is it that God is opening their ears when they go to go to sleep? Because they're not running around like crazy people, right? We're not running around paying bills, trying to solve problems. He's catching us when we're slowed down. Okay? It says, then he opened the ears of man and slid their instruction that he may withdraw man from his purpose and high pride from man. He keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Interesting. So... Here God is seeking to save man, right? And let's look at the reasons. Again, I'm going to list them right here on the screen. You can see them. Number one, he seals the instruction. Number one, he seals the instruction. Number two, to withdraw from their purpose. Because sometimes we just want to run out here and make our own decisions. God says, hold up, wait a minute. I've sealed your instruction in your dream. I'm withdrawing you from your own purposes in your dream. What else? Notice it says, number three, to hide pride from man. What does that mean to hide pride? In other words, he's trying to hide you from the results of your bad choices, our arrogancy, to keep the soul from the pit. What's that? That's a man going into a situation where he is lost from being destroyed or trapped or entrapped, right? It's powerful. Then it says, lastly, and his life from perishing by the sword. So the dreams are given to protect man and woman from themselves. God still speaks, my friends. I know the world is crazy. Things are busy. You got everything's ringing and dinging and everything's going on. But the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And The most time that we are still, it's it's when we're sleeping. So I'm going to challenge you with something. I'm going to challenge you with something. I'm going to challenge you that when you start seeing that you need an answer to something, I say clean your system, turn off the distractions, go into the corner or the quiet place with God, seek God in prayer, and then go to sleep. (laughs) Y'all not hearing me then go to sleep. God does something special while you're sleeping. I used to, when I was little, I used to have nightmares. I used to watch uh, all these cartoons and there was a witch in these cartoons and I would go to sleep and I would dream about this witch flying around and I was just scared to death. So I would pray that I would not, you know, have these nightmares. And then uh, there's a couple of other things that transpired that gave me kind of victory, even in my dreams. Like you can make choices in your dreams. I don't know if you guys know that, but I, I'm i saying this because God still desires to communicate with us. Okay. And dreams are part of that. Now you always have to, to, to examine your dreams by the scriptures because some dreams are just foolish thinking. So always examine your dreams by scripture, but God still speaks. My friends, it's still a biblical idea. All right, let's go a little bit further. So list the categories of persons that were called to interpret the dreams. So number one, The magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans. Okay, magicians, astrologers—those are people that read stars and talking about. I'm a a Capricorn and a Leo. I'm gonna say this right now, and this is not my study at the moment. So I'm gonna say it. You don't have to believe it, but God's people have to do nothing with astrology. Okay, we have nothing to do with astrology. Now, astronomy—yes, study the stars. Astro- right. Astrology, X nay, not today a for God's people. okay? Leave those things okay. alone. God speaks very strongly against that practice. okay? So we have magicians, astrologers, sorcerers Chaldeans. Now the Chaldeans are the wise ones of Babylon. They were the ones that were called in to solve the state problems, right? But these men could not do for the king what the king needed. So let's go a little bit further with this. We're in Daniel chapter two. Go back to Daniel two. I want you to make sure you lock in Job. Job is one of those powerful, powerful verses. Kind of help give direction. I have, and it's funny though, because there's so many times that God has actually protected my heart from disaster um, and give me warning via dreams. And one day, you know, while we're sitting around talking, I might share some of those with you. But for now, we're in Daniel chapter two. And we're looking now at verse 3. It says, And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans, the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will shew the interpretation. And the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me, if ye will not make known unto me the dream. With the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces and your houses shall be made a dunghill. Now, <laughs> now, my friends, I, I don't know about you. I, I, I want to hear somebody else's reaction. Like when you first read that, what was your I'm not talking about today, like when you when you first read that in your Christian experience, what was your reaction? Like, what did you think about Nebuchadnezzar when he responded that way? What what was on your mind when you read something like that? What was on your mind? Total eradication. Total
2: what? Eradication.
1: Total eradication. Right. Yeah, for sure. I, I I'm I'm thinking, why is the guy responding that way? Right? Because, yo, if you can't even remember what your own dream is, what you getting mad at me for? <laughs> right? So in his mind now think about this i do want you to i do want you to think about this very deeply the dream must have made such a deep impression upon him that it troubled him so much so that he needed to know it but he couldn't remember it because that in my mind that's the only reason why would you want to kill everybody or respond so crazy to eradicate everybody if you yourself couldn't remember the dream it seems completely illogical except that the dream that he dreamt troubled his spirit so much that he said, I got to remember it. And he, it caused him to tremble in his spirit. You, You guys follow what I'm saying? Because otherwise his response is irrational and it was irrational period. Even with that logic, it's still irrational, but notice he's responding this way and the people cannot interpret it. And before I get to, my my thought process my thought process on this why do you think god hid the dream from the king i know you already know the answer but i want to hear hear somebody else say it why do you think the king the god of heaven hid the dream from the king anybody why do you do that
3: so that he could use uh so that he could um, kind of answer the dream in a way that would that there was multiple things that, that came out of Daniel's interpretation of the dream and I'm not, you know, this is not coming from my own head I've, I've read Daniel and the Revelation partly mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but, but basically um, to go ahead and uh, show King Nebuchadnezzar that God was the only God and in the process also humiliate these
1: false gods and false teachers as well okay beautiful and that is the exact answer now i bring that to our attention because remember i told you that these stories are prophet stories in other words god is going to do something similar here in these last days where there's going to be a question or questions raised that the men of this earth don't know how to answer And God's going to need a people that know how to give the answer. You you follow what I'm saying? So if they come one day to your house or or you're in a community and there's a problem, he's going to need Daniels and Josephs to step in to receive the instruction from the Most High to solve the problem so that the people will turn their eyes away from the men and women of this earth to the God of heaven. So that's why, you know, there's a there's a verse in Revelation that talks about fear God and give him glory. You know, so how can you give glory? The only way to give glory is to let God's light shine through you, because you and I don't have glory naturally. We don't have it where there's a corruption that's inside of us that needs to be all cleaned out. Right. So God intentionally gives the dream, takes it away, provokes this earnest desire in Nebuchadnezzar to get an interpretation of said dream. And the lives of these men are about to be at stake. So I, I again, what I do in Bible study, my friends, and believe it or not, I do this even though I know the answer already. Like when I make these studies, I don't make them normally, I don't make them for others. I usually make them for myself. and I ask myself obvious questions. What happens is when you do that in Bible study, you ask yourself obvious questions that can be answered directly from the text, it becomes, forefront in your mind and the holy spirit starts making connections in scripture that you normally wouldn't be able to make okay so the question is could the king remember the dream well the answer is obvious no the king could not remember the dream well who suggested that the king tell the dream to be able to interpret the dream well if you read the text the chaldeans were the ones that said king at least tell us what the dream's about so that way we could tell you <laughs> we could tell you what the meaning is. Now, the text says in verses 1, 3 and 5 certain phraseology and I'll read it again. It says, "Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled." That's verse 1. Verse 3 says, "The king said, I have dreamed the dream and my spirit was troubled to know the dream." That's verse 3. Verse 5 says, and this is the king's response. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, This thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces and your houses to be made a dunghill, all right, or garbage heap, okay? So this is the king's responses. This is how we know that the king is troubled. And, that, and he threatens the lies of others. He threatens the lives of others. The kings of the earth. Keep, I want you to think this in, the, in your mind. And I, if you have a side note, put a side note, Psalms chapter 2. Psalms chapter 2 talks about the kings of the earth. Nebuchadnezzar represents the kings of the earth. And here this king has a problem that he cannot solve. And the question is. Will you and I be Daniel's enough to be able to stand before the king? So, what is that risk for the wise men of Babylon? So, let's read, let's keep reading. Um, verse number six. Verse number six. It says, But if ye shew the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. They answered again and said, "Let the king tell his servants to dream, and we will shew the interpretation of it." The king answered and said, "I know of certainty that ye would gain the time, because ye see the thing is gone from me." So again, simple questions, nothing complicated. What is the risk to the wise men of Babylon? Their houses are going to be made of dung hill. They're going to be cut in pieces. These are the stakes. These are the stakes. Oh, that's awesome. These are the stakes. What is the reward? Oh, you're going to have riches, gifts, rewards, great honor. Okay? Simple, simple idea. These are, what What do they call these, these motivations? Yeah. Uh, fear-based rewards, and then, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know the carrot and the stick type thing right you do this i'll give you this you don't do this i'm gonna the 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 methodology of mankind this is this is how they they normally function here all right let's go let's go a little bit further let's see I'm hearing an extra noise so let me move that off so what's the king's reaction after they ask him a second time to tell him the dream <laughs> he reacts by saying hey you have prepared lying and corrupt words that's his reaction and you're plan- you're 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 stalling for time you're stalling for time and then if if you do this then i know that you are you are not who you say you are you're holding positions and you don't deserve to be in those positions so in verse 10 and 11 the calteans told the truth so i'm going to read from verse Number nine, it says, "But if ye will not make known unto me the dream that is, there is but one decree for you, for ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me, till the time be changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall, sh- and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof." Now, here's the truth that the Chaldeans actually said, and I and I found it fascinating to read it, and I, and when I said when they said the truth. I don't think they knew the truth. You know how sometimes people say things, they don't know what they're saying. So here's the truth they said in verse 10. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said, there is not a man upon the earth that can shew the king's matter. That's true. In the natural state of man, there is not a man on the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord or ruler that ask such things at any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. And it is a rare thing that the king requires. And there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. Y'all see that? These pagan men are actually telling the truth in their own way. There is no man, natural man, that can explain these things. It is true that this this truth is only revealed from the God that does not dwell in flesh at this time, right? And it is true that kings don't normally ask these strange things from mere mortals. I had a dream. Now tell me what I dreamt. All right, king, you're being a little crazy. This is how it's coming across to the king. It's almost like they're mocking him in a way, like you're being absurd, king. You're, you're out of your mind, King. And I love how God always listen to me carefully with this. This is a principle that I've learned, and I'm and I'm I'm sharing it with you here. God always allows the devil to go first. Y'all heard me? He allows him to go first. remember with the Egyptians in Egypt and you remember there's this, this, uh, these magic tricks. So God is doing his thing. The devil does his thing. God does his thing. God let God for the first three miracles. God's like, okay, I'm gonna let you roll with me for the first three last seven. God's like, everybody stand back. It's all me. (laughs) God gives the opportunity for man to prove himself. You've Listen. If there are people in your life, and I'm let me let me change my screen for a second. Sometimes you're going to have people in your life that are going to ignore your clear, godly, biblical instruction. They're just going to ignore it. You're going to tell them this is the right thing to do. You're you're literally going to be like, this is the way to go. This is the best thing to do, and people will literally look you in your face like, yes, I understand, and then they will go out and do something different. Do you know what God does out of love? This is what God does out of love. He lets them do it. He don't stop them. He don't put them in a headlock. He don't slash their tires. He doesn't say, he doesn't, he he begs them not to do it. He pleads with them not to do it. He, he goes with them as they're going out there. He's like, you don't have to do this. And as he does it, as you're doing it, he's still there. You do it you prove your, you prove that he's right you're down there in the gutter and he says are you done yet are you hear what i'm saying that's god right there are you are you finished i mean you've tried all these different things are you done yet some people say now listen some people want to drink and smoke and go to parties and be promiscuous and you know for us us uh, Ostensible Christians, we look at those things and they're like, those are horrible. They should not do those things. And God is like, I let them do those things so that they can see that they don't fulfill so that they can come back to me. However, for the believer, it's a bit trickier. You know why it's trickier? What happens is we have all the right things to do, and we go try to do the right things without righteousness. And we end up falling on our face. Ever happened to you? I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to sleep right. I'm going to talk right. I'm going to go to church on the right day. And all the right outward appearances of righteousness do not substitute for a Christ being within to live out righteousness in you. This is a tricky thing because outward conformity and group activity sometimes hides our depravity. I hope you're listening. Because we we can't we can't afford we can't afford especially in the times and the time frame that we have in our lives to have a pretense or an outward show of goodness, and not really have that change in our hearts. I hope you hear what I'm saying. So the Most High lets us go and do what we do. And then finally, we'll say, okay, Father, I I give up. He's like, great. I'm so glad you've come to the place where you realize that you don't have any natural ability to walk on water, because that's what righteousness is. That's something that you don't naturally have. God wants to work a supernatural work inside of us. All right, so I I just wanted to put that out there because here these men recognize that there is no man on earth naturally that can provide the king what he's looking for. They acknowledge it. They acknowledge it. All right, let's go a little bit deeper. Let's go a little bit deeper. So what was the reaction of the king when this truth was spoken okay when when these guys told him there's no man on earth that can actually solve your problem when when they heard this truth, when he heard this truth, what was his reaction? <laughs> Verse twelve says, for this cause, the king was angry and very furious, not a little bit furious, very furious uh-huh. but the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of babylon and the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain and they sought daniel and his fellows to be slain okay all right so that's a simple answer so what was his response he was furious angry i'm gonna kill everybody everybody's fake everybody's pretentious you ever felt like that? Have you haven't even felt like that in church? Everybody seems fake and pretentious. Everybody's religious, but they, you know, there's nobody that really cares or really. Lo- I I understand that feeling. Been there, done that. But here, God is setting this up so that God's man can stand in the gap for all men, whether they're good men or bad men. Are you hear what I'm saying? So notice the Bible says. Verse 14, then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom. And I want you to highlight, the, highlight those words because we're going to come back to this in a study later on. I want you to notice how Daniel answers. It says he answered with counsel and wisdom. That's actually uh, a key to unlocking a prophetic principle. And I'll, I'll share that with you in a different study. But he answered with counsel and wisdom to Ariach, the captain of the king's guard, which has gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? So apparently Daniel was not in the room when the king initially shared his dream, right? Why is the, this decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would shew the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, his companions. So what, so what did Daniel do? He asked the question, why so hasty? Then he asked permission for more time. Okay, I didn't put that on the screen, but he asked for more time. He asked for more time. And my friends, when you and I have favor, We have the ability to walk in rooms that other people can't walk into, and we have the ability to request things that others won't request because we are walking closely with the most high. Now, after he gets permission to have more time, after he gets permission to have more time, he does something special. And before we get to that, I see Brother Roy, you're raising a hand, my friend. Yeah, I've
2: read this, um, this chapter many times. And I find it very interesting that um, when, when the king was angry and decided said he was going to kill everybody, the only reason why he went to Daniel and his three friends was because they were part of the group. They were going to be killed as well. And mm-hmm. so at this point in time, the king did not know that a, that daniel was able to interpret dreams you know through god he had that's no right. idea about that
1: that's right it had not come up yet that's right
2: that's interesting
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and it's interesting because you know how daniel one gives the summary of all the gifts received but now here's the first manifestation of said gift to be able to interpret dreams right because this this is the first time excellent excellent observation my friend excellent observation All right let's go go ahead
3: oh i just had an interesting comment to go off of that and um i just thought you know talking about rewards and stuff i i found it interesting that when people end up getting the rewards for doing the things that the kings or whoever wanted them to do Mm um and it, it, you know, um, Daniel was a, a man of God, but his motivation for that reason, his motivation was not on the rewards. That's right. The rewards were supplementary to what he wanted to do, which was um, basically do the will of God and um, out of man a, a huge amount of compassion, save these false teachers. It's the same thing that happened with. Um, King David, when he went ahead and slayed the giant, he slayed the giant because the giant was blaspheming God. It wasn't because Saul had promised his daughter's hand in marriage and wealth and all this stuff. That all got given to him afterwards, but it wasn't because he was seeking after it. It wasn't even because he was half wanting to serve God and half wanting the, it was all wanting to serve God. And then God gave him that in, in addition. So I just make that comment.
1: Excellent. Uh, I was actually thinking about that comment earlier in my brain. I'm glad you brought it out because that motivation, again, worldly motivation, I'm fear of loss, opportunity of gain. What about just wanting to honor God? What what about just loving God and loving God's mission and his purpose, right? Excellent points, brothers. I appreciate, appreciate that. And if anyone else wants to say anything, feel free to raise your hand and And we'll be happy to to take the comment. All right. So after he gets permission to have more time, what does Daniel do? According to the scriptures, Daniel goes and he gets his three friends and he says, hey, guys, this is the situation. Let's pray. That's what they did. So i'm gonna I'm gonna I want you to I want everybody that's listening right now there is a there is a spiritual weapon that we don't access enough. and that is communion with God. Are you hear what I'm saying? Uh, pray more, talk less. Somebody says, oh, there's this there's this apostasy in the church. there's this 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 person's done this in the church. This elder did this, and this person did this. Pray more. Talk less. Pray more. Talk less. Now, of course, when you're praying, you're talking right, but what I mean is sometimes we so much talk about the problem that it begins to overwhelm our psyche. And we lose the strength that we could have as we are in fellowship with the most high. Sometimes we talk about our problems as if our God is very, 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 very small. Hmm? Pray more. Talk less. I love it how when uh, you'll find this, especially Daniel, my man prays and he goes to sleep. I know for me, last year was a pretty tough year for me. You know, just, it was crazy. And I would barely want to sleep. I could barely sleep. Not that I didn't, didn't want to sleep. I just could, the anxiety and the stress was just there. And it's like, ah. And then finally, the Lord over time has kind of got me off of that. And now I'm resting in him. Pray more. That, that's God's been instruction for me. 2023 is pray more for Andre. Andre Waller needs to pray more, talk less. Pray more, preach less. Huh? Pray more, worry less. So here, here, here is Daniel and his friends spending time in prayer. It says, then Daniel, Daniel, verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. Notice he uses their Hebrew names. That they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. That Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Does anyone remember last week's Bible verse that indicated that secrets belong to God. Does anyone remember what that verse was? You can say it or t- or type it in the chat. Does anyone remember what Bible verse we used that literally said that secrets belong to God? You might remember what that verse was. I'll give you about seven more seconds before I just say it. Okay. The verse was Deuteronomy 29, 29. Okay, go there real quick. Hold your hand in Daniel. Go to Deuteronomy 29 in verse 29. Look at what the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29 in verse 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of the law so the secret things belong unto god so secret what is a secret somebody give me another word for secret give me another word for secret throw it in the chat say it out loud unknown that's right give me another give me another word for secret hidden that's right Hidden. Unknown. Okay. So let me ask you a question. How many secrets are out there right now? Hmm? How many secrets as, as far as your life is concerned? What you're supposed to do with your family, your spouse, your children, your finances, your business? How many things are unknown to you? There's like quite a few things are unknown to you. So if I need to know the answers to the secrets... I need to go to the one that holds the answers to the secrets. And if he so trusts us with the secret, then we go with it. But if he doesn't want to give it to us, that means it's not for us to know. Does that make sense to everybody? Because at the end of the day, should I be worrying about things that I don't know about? Well, no. I shouldn't have to worry about things I don't know about. Why would I worry about something I don't know about if the one that knows the secret, that loves me, has the answer? To the secret, does he, Does that make sense? If he has to, if he has the answer, and he's for me, God is for me. Today, I went outside. Today, I went outside today to go to the store before before Bible study. And I was walking to the car, and I, and I was as I was walking to the car, I said to myself, "Man, God loves me so much." Then I said, "Andre, you need to quit being selfish. God loves everybody." But I was just so focused. <laughs> I was just. I was still so. I was just basking in the idea of God's love for Andre. And I, I'm thinking about God in that manner because everything in this world, everything that's here, seems dangerous at times. People are dangerous. I'm on Facebook right now, broadcasting, YouTube broadcasting. Who knows what somebody's going to do with that? You understand what I'm saying? Who, who, who knows what some crazy person will be like, oh, he's a preacher. Let me reach out to him and scam him. You know, like, I don't know what's going to go happen. But you know what? I'm going to rest in the most high. I'm going to trust that he has my back and my front and my sides. He has my above and my beneath. I'm all wrapped up and tied up and tangled up with Jesus. Y'all know that song. <laughs> right. Because with that mindset, my friends, I can go to sleep. Daniel doesn't stay up all night. Notice what it says. He doesn't stay up all night. And we're getting to the crux of the whole book of Daniel. Of the verses I'm going to read next are the crux of the entire book of Daniel. It says, verse, I'm going to read verse 18 and verse 19. And then when we get to 20, that's, that begins the crux of the whole book. Verse 18 says, That they would desire the mercies of God in heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret, which we know only belongs to God. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And what does Daniel say? Now watch carefully. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his and he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings, and he setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, Who hath given me wisdom and might, and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Now, before I tell you what I'm thinking regarding these verses, I'm going to ask you why do you think that I think that this is the crux of the entire book of Daniel? Verses 20 to 23. Why do you think that I think that this is the crux of the entire book of Daniel? Any takers? Any takers? I promise I won't bite any takers. Why would this be the crux of the entire book? Why would you think that I would think that this would be the entire crux of the whole book?
3: Because it shows that man had nothing to do with it and that it was all God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You see, God is in control, my friends.
0: I think also there's also that faith piece that is coming up in that thread as well.
1: That's right. Absolutely
0: the faith of jesus that daniel
1: possessed absolutely can you imagine now think about it think about what we're saying think about what we're saying because we already know well some of us already know the interpretation of daniel the last parts of daniel too but in this moment in time daniel understands not only did god give him the dream but he gives the interpretation and this is well enough inside of the man daniel and Daniel's like man god got this he got this all the way down to the end of time. God's got this. Yes, Brother Roy. So
2: it's interesting because Daniel had so much faith in God that when he was revealed the answer to the dream that um, the, that the king had, he knew it right away. He knew it. Because mm-hmm. then he goes and he starts thanking God for every single thing you could possibly ever imagine because he knew – that that god was with him yes um he knew that they were going to be saved in this whole process
1: yes so with that in mind what about us right if if <laughs> so, so if with that in mind because we literally friends like, next week we're going to go through the prophecy you're going to see it Again, you want to see it in a way you've never seen it before. But think about this. If Daniel's, we know the interpretation to the dream, generally speaking, some of us, have we come to the same space where we are literally just praising God in the sense that He's in charge, He's in control of everything. There's no need to doubt, there's no need to have the frustration and the stress and the drama. I praise Thee and thank Thee, O thou God of my Father. You have given me wisdom and strength and might. And you have made known unto us what is going to be in the latter days. As far as I'm concerned, when I see the things of this world falling apart, and I see the craziness that's going on, because I understand the heart of God in prophecy, I can rest and trust in him in the midst of the chaos that's going on. Does that make sense, everybody?
0: Amen. Amen.
1: This is, the, this is the, as Sister Della was bringing out, the faith of Jesus. This is the faith that is to be developed as, this is a prophet story, teaching us how to lean on God and not on our own selves. And we have so much trust in him that we pray and we go to sleep. <laughs> I, listen, that's a big thing for me. Pray and go to sleep. Pray and go to sleep. Someone says that's a very hard to do. And I, I agree. I agree that at times it does seem hard to do. Here's where it becomes easier. It becomes easier when we exercise and proclaim what the word has declared. So I'll say it like this: there's a quote that I love very dearly. Uh and I'm, I'm trying to stay as much scripture as possible, but there's a principle that I'm going to share with a quote. There's a phrase that we use when we used to go door to door and do our Christian ministry work. It said, talk and act as if your faith were invincible. Talk and act as if your faith were invincible. What happens is we lean into our feelings and not into the declared of the, the declared word. So our feelings begin to navigate us from what is the actual truth that has been declared in Scripture, right? So I must learn to declare what the Scripture says, thank God for what he said he's going to do as if it's already done, and my feelings begin to follow my declarations and my movement. Uh, anybody pay attention? I'm telling you it's key uh the other day i was sitting i was sitting here in my chair and uh one of the the matters that r- weigh on my heart began to run through my brain and i'm sitting here just getting starting to get flustered now i have several things that i do to kind of get myself out of flusteration uh, i think i just made that up fluster flusteration i made i think i made that up guys so I, there's several things i do to try to get myself out of being flustered and one of them is I began to say out loud the scripture. I began to repeat a truth out loud so that my mind stops repeating whatever it's repeating or whatever the enemy's trying to put in my head or whatever I'm just going over in my mind. And I repeat out loud. Then I, I picked up my phone. I literally picked up my phone and I say, you know what? I'm going to declare said truth. And I put that truth on a face on a on a what do you call these things a, a Facebook reel. And I declared that truth. And when I was done, guess what? My faith was encouraged. My my mental fortitude had been strengthened because I was repeating the declarations of God's word. So the best way to fight against these negative feelings, the best way, is to spend time with God, prayer, and then declaring His word openly out loud on purpose so that your mind receives it and others around you can feel it as well and then singing man singing works real good because i think this is a we made this into a scripture song i don't i don't know if you guys know it but i'm not even i don't know if i should try to sing it or not but let's see uh it says blessed be the name of god forever and ever for wisdom and might are his And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise. And knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness. And the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O oh, thou God of my fathers, who have given me wisdom and mind and has made known unto me now. Okay, you guys get the point. <laughs> you get the point, right? You can make it a song. You can make the scriptures a song and you can memorize them and sing them and, and bring them to your forefront of your mind. And in so doing, my friends, you gain strength when your negativity begins to press upon you okay let's go a bit further we are almost done i just want to make sure you have locked in your mind that daniel after he prayed or after he gets permission he calls a prayer meeting with his friends and they pray and god gives him wisdom and might and what does he ask for he asks for the following that they would not perish and that the dream be revealed, and we already established that God is the one that the secrets belong to, and God reveals his secrets to his servants, to his prophets, to his friends, because we already established in Genesis 18 that Abraham, God revealed his secret to Abraham, and in Second Chronicles 20 verse 7, we saw that God called Abraham his friend, his friend, and that's what God is looking for. He's looking for friends, and we looked at this already, Why couldn't God keep, why couldn't God keep a secret from Abraham? Why couldn't he? Because he had a deep friendship, a deep relationship with Abraham. And he knew that Abraham would command his family and his household after him. We looked at that last week. And again, I suggest that you memorize this passage for your own sake. This is a key passage to the entirety of the scripture, of the whole book of Daniel. I think it's the key. I've never read it in a book to say this is the key. I just read it, and having studied the whole book backwards and forwards, this is key. God changes the times and the seasons. He's the one that sets up kings, and he's the one that takes them down. There is no secret that he does not know, and there's no darkness that he does not have light to expose, to show us the path that we should go. Thus, we can trust him no matter what transpires. You can trust him, my friends. This is what God is trying to say with his heart. (laughs) He's trying to tell you and I that we can trust him in the midst of whatever storm and whatever fashion it comes. All right. Something to think about. Daniel's faithfulness had a positive impact on all in his fear. The other wise men's lives were spared because of the love of God demonstrated through Daniel. Daniel could have encouraged their deaths as imposters, but he did not. Daniel could have said these are false men off with their heads, <laughs> but he didn't do that. Daniel as a representative of the Most High, preserve the life of these men. Now, I'm going to share some, something else with you here that I found to be very, 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 very profound, especially as we're coming near to the end of our study. Now, mind you, listen, friends, if you've ever studied with me, if you're going to study with me, you're going to see that every time I talk about prophecy, I'm going to be talking about the heart of God, Okay. I want to be talking about the love of God because literally that is what it's about. Yes, brother Kyle, go ahead, my friend. What's your statement or question?
3: Um, I just found it interesting because um, you, you brought up the point about how Daniel didn't advocate for the deaths of these, what are essentially false teachers and people whose job it is to lead people away from God. And I found the interest, uh, I found the the treatment and, uh, an interesting contrast between what happened here. And then what happened with Elijah on Mount Carmel with the 400 prophets of Baal. Um, I might be getting the number wrong, but um, you know, and, and I was kind of going back and forth in my mind. I was like, you know, why, why, why the different treatment? But I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong and feel free to throw in your thoughts that the, prophets of Baal were in Israel and they knew better Yes. and here here, this is like a foreign nation and they didn't know better and so here's their maybe once in a lifetime opportunity to get to know the true God of heaven like as they should
1: absolutely I agree with you 1000% excellent excellent point I agree with you 100% and there is that God weighs every circumstance, right? And so this is their first introduction to the, mind you, again, listen, listen to what I'm gonna say now. The reason why Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were brought into Babylon was because Israel as a nation failed to represent God. So God said, if the organization won't do it, then I will have individuals in the midst of Babylon do what my entity did not do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God said, I'm going to show out through my representatives, even in the midst of Babylon. And again, an interesting thought. And we're going to go through this in another study called the Glorious Holy Mountain. There's a whole series we're going to do during the summer. But the thought is this. When God left his presence out of the temple and went on, left the temple and went to the Glorious Holy Mountain or went to sit on the mountain, it was symbolic of God leaving the temple or leaving the structure. But when he did that, he said, I will be a sanctuary to you in the land where you will go. I thought that was an interesting phrase that God used. He said, I will be a sanctuary to you in the land that you will go. And it's interesting in Daniel chapter one, what does Daniel say? Daniel says, I will not defile what? This body temple. I'm not, de- not going to defile myself it's it's like he daniel remembers what caused destruction to the literal physical temple and refers to himself as such a thing and now what do we have we have uh them being a representation in babylon and god's glory shining through these men in the midst of babylon so that's very key versus in elijah's case there was straight crazy craziness going on okay so Thank you for that, brother. I appreciate that. So let's go a little bit further. We're nearing the end, or not the end, but we're nearing the end of our study. And I do have a special guest that I want to bring on. In a moment, I saw that she's arrived. And so I want to bring her on because my job is to challenge you, not just intellectually, but intellectually, spiritually, physically as well. So let's go a little further. Look at verse number 24. The Bible says, therefore Daniel went in unto Ariok, whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. And he went and said thus unto him, destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me in before the king and I will show unto the king the interpretation. Then Ariok brought in Daniel before the king in haste and said thus unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah. That will make known unto the king the interpretation. (laughs) I always found this to be a, a, a funny passage. My man's saying that he found him. No, Daniel found him. You know what I mean? Eric's like, I found him. No, you no, Eric, you did not find him. Okay. He said, I have found the man. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen and the interpretation thereof. Now, my friends, I want you to notice Daniel. He is not arrogant. He is slow to give answers. He sets the table. He sets the table. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king have demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king? Stop. I'm going to stop right there. Why he do that? Talk to me. Why, why did Daniel do that? He knows that the king knows that the man couldn't do it. Why is, why is Daniel highlighting this right now? Andre,
2: because he wanted to make sure the king knew that he didn't even have the power to do it himself. And the only person that could do it was the god of heaven
1: that's right and listen he wanted to make but sure it, it was in the forefront of his mind sister dela go ahead
0: i was just thinking also along with that is just to show him his folly more or less that there's only one true god that will have the answers and um and so his belief in these um soothsayers and magicians uh, I believe in the back of his head, he knew that they did not have the answer. So, mm. it's, so it's like bringing to the forefront of his head, you know, his own fault. That's
1: right. Had to bring it to the forefront. Had mm-hmm. to bring it to the forefront. You, you can't just run in and solve a problem. You got to say, so let me just, let's let's just put this, and this is good for sales too. I'm just saying in general, like you've, you make sure people understand. So let me get this right. So the last time you tried this, you weren't able to make it work. Is that correct? Right. And you said your frustration was what? Uh-huh. All right. So now they got it in the front of their mind. You know what? Yeah, maybe I should not have these guys as the main characters. Maybe they shouldn't be the leaders. Maybe they shouldn't be directing my steps. So he puts it to the front of his mind. Remember, these guys could not answer your your, your question. Watch. I love this, friends. I really do. It says... Uh, verse 28, but there is a God in heaven that reveals secrets. Come on now. And make of known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. So again, you see it highlighting the inefficiency of man as Brother Royce brought out and in contrasting that, with the great ability of the God of heaven. That's what's happening. Then he says this. Now, friends, this, this passage, like, I don't know, like, I feel like crying sometimes when I read the Bible. The first time I fully understood verse, t- verse 29, I, I cried. And the reason why I cried was this. Look at what it says. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed. What shall come to pass hereafter? And he revealeth secrets, and he that revealeth secrets maketh known to thee what shall come to pass. Now, my friends, when I read that and I nearly cried, it was because God did more for Nebuchadnezzar than what Nebuchadnezzar asked. So, what did Nebuchadnezzar ask? Oh, I want somebody to. Tell me what the dream was and tell me the interpretation. You know what God did? He won he up that. I'm not just going to tell you what the dream was and I'm not just going to tell you what the interpretation is. I'm going to tell you what you were thinking about as you're about to go to bed, as you're about to go to sleep, and I'm about to tell you what it, y'all, y'all don't understand what, I, what just happened. Okay, let me, let me just say it again. <laughs> let me say it again in a different way so you can get this locked in. Here we're reading, in this generation, in our day, we're reading about a king, a pagan king, who had a question about his future and the future of his kingdom. He had a question about a secret that belonged to the God of heaven, and the God of heaven came down to give him the answer to his question, but then, not only did he do that, the God of heaven said, I'm going to do one better. I'm going to tell you what you were thinking about. Friends, when you lay down tonight, I want you to remember, God knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're pondering. He, you're sitting there like, "I don't know what's gonna happen with my family. i I wonder what's going to happen with my career. I wonder what I'm going to eat tomorrow morning. Like the Lord's like, "I got you." <laughs> are, are you following me? Do you understand the care of the most high? This is why when Jesus comes down and he says, "The Father cares for you. He knows how many hairs. No, he doesn't know how many. He know, He's numbered the hairs of your hair, which is different from knowing how many. He knows how many there are, but he has numbers on each one. So this is hair follicle number 157. Hair follicle number 174. Huh? He numbers the hairs. He, What you're thinking, he knows. He's interested in you. I... I this is what I'm talking about, friend. This is this what blew my mind. This is what broke my heart. I'm like, Father, you care this much for this man to tell him this detail. And in telling him the details of his own thoughts, he reveals what's going to happen in our day. Come on now. So think about think about this. The impact of our decisions for righteousness and allowing God to work in us has an impact beyond our moment It goes onward, beyond us. It has a reach. And the most high, paying attention to the details, man. Hey, Andre, how you doing this morning? I know everything about you. Can you imagine someone having that much interest in you, right? He has that much interest in you. And then what we do, we roll out of bed and be like, okay, got to go to work. But I went. Wait, can I? Hey, Andre, can I talk? Oh, I got. I got. To, I got to prepare a sermon, God. I can't. I can't spend time right now. Oh, what? Ah, God is so good, my friends.
0: Amazing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm telling you,
0: like give him. Put the future of future. Bring that to hit to 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 a heathen king, who I think later on I think his 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 name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. By the way,
1: yes, yes, (laughs) yes, yes.
0: Right? Yeah. So we get there, but just to imagine that our future was wrapped up in this—that's that's that's what makes it so amazing. In the passage that you read, you know, our future was revealed without understanding (laughs) to him. That is amazing.
1: Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So when you when you when you're spending your time with the most high, when you're when you're spending time in prayer, I want you to remember God's deep desire to fellowship and commune with you. When you go to bed tonight, say, Father, I don't mind having a dream. As long as you didn't eat late, okay? Don't eat late. It doesn't count if you eat late. Okay. <laughs> as for thee, O king, thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed. What should come to pass hereafter? And he that revealeth secrets, make it known unto thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, now watch the humility. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. Now, this is Daniel talking to the king to let. To say, look, what I have received comes from God. This is why I'm telling you Daniel is not more important than you. Moses is not more important than you. Peter, James, John is not more important than you. God loves all of us and everything that is available to these men and women of the past is available to us as we yield ourselves to the love of God and to his instruction. I promise you, he's no respecter of person. If any man lack wisdom, the Bible says, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally and a of not, and it will be given. That's what it says. That's a promise. That's a promise. I thank God for that. I praise him for that. It says, uh, but but as for me, the secret is not revealed to me for any reason or any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king, and that thou, now listen to the last part of this, and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. God's working on this bread. He's working on Nebuchadnezzar. He's working on them, and God is working on each of us.
4: God is working
1: on each one of us. So let's go ahead and fill out the rest of this question. And answer, why did Daniel bring up the failure of the wise men before he went in to interpret the king's dream and its details? To highlight their natural inability, right? According to verse 28, what was the summary of the vision? God was showing to the king. God in heaven who reveals secrets. He is the one that reveals. It is his wisdom. It's his secret. It belongs to him. What was the king's th- what was the king thinking about as he laid in the bed that evening when he had the dream? What shall come to pass hereafter? He's thinking about his kingdom and what shall come to pass hereafter and the most high reveals it to him. Lastly, according to verse 30, why was the dream revealed? We highlighted two reasons here. But as for me, the secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king. So that is revealed so that Daniel and his friends don't die. (laughs) And secondly, that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy own heart. That's why this is revealed unto you. Man, what a powerful, powerful way to see this story, this story that's instructive for God's people who are living in this our day. And we need these, these principal thoughts because when we start talking about the application of prophecy in our time, we're going to need the characteristics that we've learned from Daniel 1, learn from Daniel 2, learn from Daniel 3, learn from Daniel 4 and 5. All those are prophet stories. Their characters, characteristics of individuals that we can glean from and learn from to know how to stand before kings and princes and rulers of this world to be uh, uh, faithful witnesses even in the midst of uh, unfavorable situations. Unfavorable situations. All right. So that 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 is our study for this evening. I'm wondering. Before I close out and before I get to some of the practical things I want you to do this week, and they're going to be challenging because this is a class. Uh, So before I close out, uh, I want you to, let's see. Yeah, here we go. I have what is called some Daniel challenges. And I would love for you to do these challenges, but before we get there, are there any thoughts before we close out that stood out to you from our study, from the beginning of Daniel two to the to verse thirty? Anything that stands out to you that you would like to refresh um, before we close out this evening? Anything stands out? Go ahead, brother Ryan. Hey, brother. Um, so I, I did. I did come in a little late, but. I, I, saw a, I, a, I saw, saw you could sneak in without me seeing you, buddy. I saw you.
3: <laughs> I, have a, I have a question. Um, So in Psalm 66, 18, it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And in this story that we were just going over, we have a pagan, you know, as it were, um, that, you know, as he was, you know, considering and, and you know, thinking about, you know, the future. It, i mean it seems to me that the lord heard him you know and i couldn't i couldn't imagine he is one who you know isn't regarding iniquity in his heart Uh, i I don't know am i understanding that right how how do we reconcile these two
1: thoughts okay this is a good question i appreciate the question uh so it's interesting again when we start dealing with the rise and fall of kingdoms if those of you are you guys remember last week i read jeremiah 25 verse 9 where it says that the king of the north, Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. So there's a, there's a, there are people who do not know all the truth that we know, that live according to a high standard based on what, they, what has been revealed to them. And God knows the honesty of their hearts. So iniquity... In my very simple theological terms, without making this too complicated, iniquity is intentional, willful, open rebellion against God. That's how I, that's how I see the idea of iniquity. I'm quite sure there's a theologian that can parse it down and make it even more you know tighter than that. But if I am openly and intentionally and willfully fighting against the Most High and snubbing my nose against God. Um, it's kind of like Saul, who went to the, he was praying, but he had intentionally broken what God had told him to do, and God was not hearing him, so he ends up going to the of endor, and, you know, his, his lot there. So that's how I differenti- di- differentiate here. Um, you'll also notice, later again, it's going to be in another study, there's a captain uh, of Nebuchadnezzar's army called Nebuzaradan, and Nebuchadnezzar, has taken uh, the second wave of captives and the prophet Jeremiah is one of his, he's, he's actually has the prophet Jeremiah and Nebuchadnezzar says to the prophet Jeremiah, the reason why we captured you is because you guys broke your covenant with God. It's baffling. This is a pagan quote unquote, who's looking at God's people quote unquote, and telling God's prophet, the reason why you're captive is because you've broken your covenant relationship with God. So to summarize, God has people that are not necessarily part of the quote unquote chosen, but they are still chosen because they're living up to all the like they have and battling as best they can is what they know. And God hears that person, that individual as they cry out to him. And that's why he's able to reveal and talk and plead and yearn and pull and bring people to a point. So that's, that's my answer to that question. I appreciate, I appreciate that question. Any other questions or thoughts or highlights from our study today?
0: I'm thinking that um, the life that Daniel and his friends lived stood out And we can see how the Holy Spirit channeled the minds or the thinking of the uh, magicians and directed them right to the source. And that's how amazing God is because this um, dream is for us to understand But Mm -hmm. the life they lived stood out. And God, I think God orchestrated the minds of these to say, well, you know, Daniel, he's my go-to person.
1: Yeah, definitely. God, God begins to put us on the, what's the word I'm looking for? Sometimes you're not, we are going to get to this in another story, but sometimes you're not invited to the party. But then when the crisis hits, you're the person they come to, (laughs) right? Because God has been demonstrating his miraculous working power through the experience uh of God's chosen people. So absolutely. Again, this is a instruction for us to live that life. Just be that light. You never you never know who's looking. You never know who's paying attention to what you're what you're going through and what's happening in your experience. And uh so that's that's very powerful. Well I'll take one more and another thought any other any other thought before I bring on my friend you know the thought all right well friends we've had a good time together and uh, i appreciate you guys jumping on this evening uh let's see i think sarah is saying something to me sarah are you saying something to me you email me the video i'm here but there's too much noise coming from the people in the house <laughs> <laughs> all right well so my friend sarah is offering something special i cannot get to my email at wait let me see let me see let me let me switch give me a second family i want to see if i can get to it if i cannot get to it in a reasonable amount of time and set it up properly then i will forego this but let's see what happens let's see what happens so my friend sarah is a is a health counselor health teacher and i asked her to set up a a group uh, an accountability group of sorts and a counseling session if you need a counseling session in order to help with our with our health because we talk about daniel right we're talking we we're, we're talking about daniel we're talking about health and what we want to do in this group is be more than a theoretical assent to information right I don't care about theory alone, right? We need practical application. And so let's see, I'm going to accept this. I'm going to make my screen full. I'm going to share my screen now, guys. Give me a second to share my screen. I think I'm able to do this, Sarah. Give me a second. I'm going to share my screen. And I want you to listen to my friend as she invites you to something special, okay? Okay.
4: Here we go. Thinking about making or have already made your transition to a plant-based diet, chances are you've run into a few different issues. My name is Sarah and I help make people's transition to a plant-based diet as simple, as enjoyable, as stress-free and as fun as possible. Over the years, I've worked with all kinds of people and whether they're making the transition for the first time or they've transitioned and transitioned to back. There's a few similarities that I've noticed. One is the complaint that healthy food is way too expensive. Second is that they're not getting full or they're not getting enough nutrients. Another has to do with this idea that they're gonna be in the kitchen all day long meal prepping. Another harps on the fact that a lot of people just don't know what to make. There's the preconceived notion that plant-based food is gonna be planned. The last one and my personal favorite is the fact that a lot of people just don't like vegetables. So to help people with some of these issues, I provide a few different resources as well as services depending on each person's need. For some people, I take them to the store, I show them how to shop. And I go back to their homes, we do a pantry revamp, and then we make healthier versions of their favorite meals. For other people that are more local, who just don't have the time to prepare their own meals, I meal prep for them on a weekly basis. And finally, for those that are not local, I provide a few different resources. I share recipes on Instagram via Eaton 2.0. I also have a virtual cookbook out called the 31 Day Reset, where I provide shopping lists, meal plan, and the recipes as well in order to walk you through 31 days of a healthy eating challenge. Lastly is a children's book called Why We Eat Broccoli. It's the first of a series of books designed to get kids excited about eating their vegetables and it chronicles my picky eating nieces and nephews who happen to be triplets and it follows their journey as they learn about the benefits of eating vegetables and at the end of the book there's a kid-friendly recipe that highlights broccoli as well again my name is sarah and wherever you are on your healthy eating journey my goal is to make it as stress-free as fun and enjoyable as possible
1: all right, let's see. Did I stop sharing my screen? Hmm. Okay, very good. So, if you would like assistance, and you would like to have accountability, and you would like support in help with your health walk, then my friend Sarah has offered her her. Uh, Services. I'm trying to figure out why my screen is not coming back up, and I definitely want to invite you guys to be able to take advantage advantage of that. So if if that's what you want, if you would like to take advantage of it, uh oh, my camera is a uh, did it go away? Can you guys still hear me? Hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, we can hear you, but your screen's all like that computer stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. I I got lost here. Okay, let me see something. Either way it goes, my friends, even if you can't see me, you can hear me. So if you would like to have access to Sarah and her information, she's put it in the chat. So feel free to click on any of those things in the chat there. Those of you that are listening via Facebook. I don't know.
0: I can't see the chat now.
1: I can't see the chat. That's interesting. All right. I can see the chat, but I can't see my. Really? Yeah, I can't see uh,
3: my. Uh, it's in a different screen. Oh, it's extra big now. Okay.
1: Okay. Is it extra big?
3: Well, I amplified it on my end.
1: Okay, good. All right, my friends. Very good. So feel free to reach out to Sarah, connect with her. We're going to set up a group. If you're in our community, look out for a, a group that will set up specifically just for health because Sarah's going to be teaching some health classes directly. If not Sarah, somebody else is going to be teaching it. Can't remember which one Sarah's going to do, but she's definitely going to be teaching and counseling regards to health with this 31 day project. So please reach out to her. Let's take a holistic approach when we're studying the Bible, because as you study and apply, you grow, right? When you study and apply, you grow. So I'm going to switch this out. Let me see what happens. Okay. I had to switch to a different camera, it appears. All right, my friends. Are there any other questions or concerns? Now, I have one more thing I want to share with you. I'm going to come off of this. And I'm going to come back here. One last thing, and I'm going to let you guys go. Let's see. Here we go. All right. Switching. But doesn't want to switch now? Very weird. Okay, so what I'm going to do now, I guess I'll share my screen. I won't even let me share my screen one more time. All right, so what I'm going to do, friends, I'm going to I'm going to tell you out loud what the challenges are because it's not letting me um, do the picture anymore. I'm going to tell you what the challenges are, and if you do this, I promise you, your mind's going to wrap around the Book of Daniel like you like you've never seen it before. So, number one, we've read we we've, we've read Daniel one and Daniel two. What I want you to do is read the Book of Daniel chapter one chapter two and chapter three read those chapters 21 times each this week it's going to take time your brain's going to be like why are we doing this what i want you to do is just get so familiar with the text that it, it becomes a part of who you are okay that's what we want we want it to just become it's just over and over and over again, because it's going to become a part of you. You're going to refer back to it. It's going to be a part of your experience. The second thing is, I'm going to encourage you to memorize memorize Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 to 23. You know, Take some time to set it in your mind, lock it in, make it a part of your experience. Number three, share what you've learned. The best way to retain information is to share the information. Share it. Go share it with somebody. Hey, this is what I learned from the Book of Daniel the other day. This is what I got from Bible study the other day. Share what you learned. Number four, join that group. If you're not part of Sarah's group, 31-day challenge, join another group, a fitness group, an exercise group. But physically do something in relationship to our. our study time together. It's going to increase your mental capacity uh, as we're studying. And then lastly, set regular time for prayer. Set regular time for prayer. If you if you set regular time for prayer, my friend, uh, you're going to grow leaps and bounds, bounds and leaps. So set regular times for prayer. Huh? Is that what it's doing the whole time? Okay. Set regular times for prayer. And as you do that, my friends, you're going to grow leaps and bounds. Your courage is going to get stronger. You're going to grow. So the Bible will not just be a theory to you, but it'll be a practical book uh, for your life. Are there any questions? Any questions before we end our session tonight? Any questions?
0: Brother Andre, can you repeat? Uh, number two. You want us to memorize some Bible verses, right? I-
1: yeah. So if you can, if you can set aside some time and memorize Daniel chapter two, verses twenty to twenty-three.
0: Oh, okay. Thanks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Daniel chapter two, verses twenty to twenty-three. Set aside some time to do that, and you'll you'll find. The principles start just resting in your spirit. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Yes.
0: Also, what was the the first one? What was we, what was the challenge for the first one?
1: The challenge for the first one was to read uh, Daniel chapters one, two, and three. Read them twenty one times. Daniel's one, two,
0: and three. Mm-hmm.
1: Chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three.
0: Okay, twenty one times. mm mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you.
1: hmm Read it through. Take your time. Read it through again. Do it again. You're gonna start feeling tired. It's like lifting weights. You may you may not want to do it all in one setting, but you're gonna you know do it, and it just becomes more familiar to you. Yes, sir. Um, just curious, why 21? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for asking that question, brother Ryan. we are always trying to mess with my mind. So. The reason why 21 times is it's a habit that I've developed over time and it's been very beneficial to me. So what I do is I'll read a passage out loud over and over and over again, um, 21 times before I go to the next chapter. Is this especially if I'm studying a book. So if I'm studying just the book of Daniel, then I'll do that chapter 21 times. Then I'll go to chapter two. I'll do it 21 times. And it just seems to just settle. So I just did, you know, the number seven is a perfect number. So I said, let's do three times seven. So that's, that's a practice that I've done. And it's benefited me quite a bit. So that's why I I suggest that. Thank you, brother Ryan, for delving into my brain a little bit more. (laughs) All right. Any other thoughts, questions or concerns? All right, so family, what's going to happen is I'm going to the recording is we're recording this. It's going to be in the platform. You're going to have access to it tomorrow. Um, I, I have an appointment early in the morning, so hopefully I can finish it tonight. Um, but if I don't, then it'll be there tomorrow afternoon. The, the video will be there. The lesson guide will be there. The PowerPoint will be there. And the podcast that I did on this lesson a couple of years ago will be there. And some other resource as well. And so, if you have any questions on how to navigate that platform, feel free to reach out to me. I know that there's a little bit of a learning curve, but it's actually pretty cool. And I actually wrote two articles last week, which I don't write, so not that I'm writing. It's actually pretty fun. So go ahead and read those and be encouraged, friends. God is a God of mercy. He's a God of love. He's a God that knows the infinite beginning. We can trust Him. In the midst of the storm, he sets up kings, he puts them down. So, Biden doesn't just get to be in office because he wants to be there. And Trump doesn't just get to be in office because he wants to be there. And Putin doesn't get to be in office. God is the one that allows for these guys to be there because ultimately, God is working all things after the counsel of his own will. So, if there's no other questions, I want to end with a word of prayer. And let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for your grace and mercy. I want to thank you for the family that has come online. that we can grow together and study together and dig deep together. I pray, Lord, that the words that we have studied find resonance in our heart. That it's not just a theory with you, Lord, but it is a practical living experience with you. I pray for my my friends that you will send angels that excel in strength to protect them and keep them from harm and danger. We love you, Lord, and we beg of you to teach us to love you more than anything else in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name and claim the merits of his holy and most precious blood. Amen. 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 All right, friends, don't forget to invite some friends and some family and some enemies so we can all grow together in the grace and abundance of Jesus Christ. God bless you. You have a wonderful, wonderful night.
0: This concludes another episode of The Gospelpreneur. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends so we can all grow together. Until next time, be the abundance and be blessed.